I'm going to do something different this morning. I'm going to start at the end and work my way back. How about this on this message? This one's called, talking about the series of miracles, this one's called divine, the miracle of divine protection. And when we was worshiping and, and we were praising God this morning, one thing came out I had a takeaway for this, but I want to share this now, and I'm going to work my way back. I'm going to share it now and work my way back. One of the things I want to share that God, God gave to me early this morning was it's one thing to believe that we're close to God. It's another to believe that God is close to us. It's one thing to believe that we are close to God. It's another thing to believe that God is close to us. The reason why I say that is so easy for us to have faith that God is cl- we're close to God. But the question of the hour is today, do you believe how close God is to you? Is God going to come through for me? Is God going to come through what I ask him to do? Am I going to make it through this trial? Am I going to make it through this test? Is God just that good? And that's the question of the hour that everyone's asking on their minds. That's what stops our praise. That's what stops our excitement because, God, are you real? Now, I'm close to you, God, but are you really real? Are you really going to do something I ask you to do? Are you for me or are you against me? I read the scripture, but, God, are you really for me? Because all the things I'm going through, God, do you understand where I'm at? God, did you abandon the earth? Did you abandon the United States? Did you abandon my family? That's the question that's in a lot of people's hearts when it comes to Christianity today. Because things have gotten a little out of hand, really for our benefit, not for our detriment. And that's the question I want to answer for you today. God, as we read, listen to me, church. God is for you, not against you. God loves you. He doesn't hate you. You did not screw up bad enough that God will take his love from you. You are not a failure. You should not walk in shame. You should not walk in guilt. Jesus Christ took all of that. And when we talk about the divine miracle of of protection, we're going to look at a man, Elisha, who knew that God was for him, who knew that God would protect him, who knew that whenever he called on God, he would respond. And I believe God is responding, but we're missing what he's doing because of our grief, our shame, and our guilt. Children of God, guilt is not, guilt is not in our vocabulary. Shame is not in our vocabulary. Weakness is not in our vocabulary because when our Father knows all things, all-powerful, almighty, God, who we serve and who we walk with, Church, God is for you, not against you. And the only way you're going to find that out is when you pick up his word and you go in the time with prayer and it becomes solid in your walk and it becomes solid in your life. It's a foundational issue that nothing, anything will move me, will sway me. It doesn't matter if the economy changes. It doesn't matter what happens. I, can, I will not lose that which I was bought for me, which was my salvation, which is my foundation. Again, we have great faith that you're with God, but you need to have an amazing faith to answer this question in your life, is God with me? And you have to settle that in your heart. Because I'm here to tell you, prophetically, it's not going to get any better. 
and it's not to our detriment. It's for our benefit. doesn't take much now today to stick out. If a man wants to love his wife like Christ loved the church, he will stick out. If a young man, young woman, a teenager does not want to have sex before marriage, he or she will stick out. It doesn't take much today to stick out. The gray has been wiped out. It's either black or white. Either I'm with God or I'm not with God. And I love that now. The government can't help us. And we shouldn't look for them as a crutch. So when we talk about miracles of divine protection, know that you're covered. Don't leave here thinking, I'm all by myself. No, you're not. If God is your Lord and if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're not uncovered. But you have to learn to see what God is doing in each and every one of our lives. God is doing something amazing in each and every one of our lives. But we have to see it. Don't look at what you see. Look for what's unseen. What you see is transient. That means it's going to go. What is unseen is permanent. It's real. And that was my introduction. The miracle of divine protection. When, I go th- when we go through the scripture, I want you to open your heart. Open the eyes of your heart and realize God is for you, not against you. And God has called you to do some things that you need to do. Somebody is waiting for you to get off the fence. He wants you either with me, because I'm always with you. We're going to talk about a story here. Even the children of Israel in 2 Kings chapter 6, children of Israel were falling away from God. But God did not take away his protection from his people. How many can agree? If it wasn't for God and you, you didn't know him, you wouldn't be here. You can tell anyway, I was driving down the road. I had a head-on collision. I'm still here. Who you think take, kept you there? Not luck. It was God Almighty himself because he has a purpose for you. So church, God is for you, not against you. The question is that everyone's asking, I'm close to God. But is God really close to me? If I'm going through hell right now. Is God really close to me? The last time I checked from the very beginning of creation, when Adam and Eve messed up, God came closer. So he came out of heaven and walked in the coolness of the day looking for Adam. That means he came closer. What Adam believed was this. I was close to God, but now he doesn't want to get close to me. That's what shame, that's what guilt says. But in every situation, if you fell short, we all fall short. Just if you breathe in the day, you fell short. He comes closer. And that pattern of redemption does not change from the Old Testament all the way to the very end. It says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. That means everything comes through me. That means I hold everything in my hand. Your life is in his, your hand, his hands. Even if you don't know Jesus, he's orchestrating things for you to come to know Jesus. Because each and every one of you are miracles sitting here. You know what the miracle is called? Grace. Because if God wanted to judge us by what we deserve, 
none of us would be breathing right now. So feel good that you have grace today. You might not have the finances. You might not have a good marriage. But by God, you got grace. Remember that. I'm here to tell you. If you're waiting for a a Republican or you're waiting for a Democrat or you're waiting for an independent, don't be waiting too long. Unless they know Jesus, nothing's going to change. But it's, again, it's not for our detriment. It's for our benefit because God called us to be salt and light on the earth. And it's so easy to be light now. And everyone can taste salt. So when we talk about protection, I don't care what you're going through. You're protected. You're covered. I don't care what you said this morning. I don't know if you were out last night drinking. I can care less. God will keep a high on you. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start verses 8 through 20. I think we'll get finished with it today. I believe we will. Again, this is Elisha, the prophet. 2 Kings is a powerful book. It's about three miracles that's wrapped up in the one chapter. But this is what's going on. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such place shall my camp be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this, way, pass this place for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel went, sent to the place about which, which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. He called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? You see that word, who's for the king of Israel? And for his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, who was in Israel, tell the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Wow. That's scary. You ever hear big brothers watching? You don't need a drone to find out what you're saying in your bedrooms. God hears everything that's going on. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. And he told him, behold, he is in Dothan. And he sent these, their horses, chariots, and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Let me give you an update on what's going on here. The king of Syria and Syria and Israel at that time were warring. And the king of Syria would once in a while do raids and raid against Israel and try to attack Israel. And what you think, when you look at uh, Elisha, Elisha himself, we call him in the military, he was the, the master of intelligence. He was able to find out exactly what the king was going to do as the king was going to do it. God always shows you something first before it happens. If you tune in, you get to see. It's amazing. So here he is. He's trying to get ahead and attack Israel. And every time he tried to do it, Elijah gave the word. No work, no land, nothing. And he's saying, I got spies in my camp. Somebody is in here telling on me. And that's a, that's a deep statement when he says, he even tells you what's going on in your bedroom. And he gets so upset. So here's his plan. If they know you're coming anyway, every move you make, 
If they already know this, here's your plan. I'm going to go get you. Like he doesn't know you're coming. See, the God we serve talks about the Holy Spirit. Will tell you things ahead of time. Shows you things to come when you're walking with him. When the enemy tries to attack you before he does, you'll get to see it. You'll get to realize it. You'll start to recognize it. So this is what happened. He sent all this whole army to go take out one guy. One guy with God is the majority. He must have been a bad dude. It's like 100 people from Abilene coming to get me. They need 1,000 to get me. Because I'll pray. Him. No, I'm just kidding. So think about it. What's going to happen next? 15. When the servant of man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army of horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? This is something else. I love to read a, the Bible like a comic book because you put yourself there. I imagine I would have came out, oh, wow, we're surrounded. He said, do not be afraid. One of the most powerful statements in the Bible. I spent five minutes telling you this. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can I just stop right there? For those who are with us is more than those with them. Go to 1 John 4, 4, I think it says, Greater is he that's in me than them in the world. Just, just, just thinking. 16, 17. And Elijah, and Elijah, you mean he didn't jump out and run around the corner and try to call Phil? He didn't call an APD, police department? <laughs> I'm not surrounded. That's a step. You ever feel like you've just been just pummeled and wrapped up? What is your first response? Should be just pray. And said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. She had to be there. They just had to be there. 18. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elijah I mean, I prayed the first time. don't seem like it worked because now they're coming after me. He prayed again to the Lord and said, please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elijah. And Elijah said to him, this is not the way, this is the, not the city. Follow me. I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. And as soon as they entered the Samaria, Elijah said, oh, Lord, open their eyes these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Now, the end of the story is this. Because of God's great grace and love and peace, they opened their eyes. They're inside the compound of Samaria. The king says, Father, what should we do? Even though he's an evil king, he did respect Elisha. Elisha, give him something to eat and send him home. You know why? Because we talked about a few weeks ago, wanted God to be glorified in this. When they went back to the camp, they said, you don't understand, King. We got there, this little short guy, he let us in here, we got blinded, and all of a sudden, we're eating with, the, with these guys, and they didn't kill us. 
I'm, and then he says, who's going back? They probably said, I'm not going back. And not one weapon was used except the spiritual weapon, which I call prayer. Never leave home without it. Now, anything interesting, when he said, open your eyes, Elijah didn't even go out to check. You know why? Because there's two things he realized about God. He wanted his servant to realize, and he wanted us to realize. One, God sees. Two, God protects. God sees, and God protects. Think about that. What God sees, our response should be, ask God, what do you see? He'll tell you what he sees. He'll give you some wisdom or discernment to walk it out. I love what, I love what uh, Proverbs 15.3 says, the eyes of the Lord in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. Because we know God only, not only sees the actions of people, he sees their thoughts. When we talked about last week with Jesus, he knew what they were thinking. And I, and I love that scripture. Man, his eyes are everywhere. It reminded me growing up. I had five sisters in the house. And I was a young man. I was a young guy. I was spoiled. And they would go out and hang out and stay out beyond curfew. And now be sleeping in my, because I slept in the back of the house. And you hear this. I said, what is it? Who is that? Let us in. Rich, mom's going, let us in. I'm like, yeah, if you guys pay me some money, I'll let you in. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. So my little self, sneaking. Let them in. They sneak upstairs. And we had them wood floors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And we're playing it up, and I'm going to bed. Like, everything's cool, man. It's Saturday night, Sunday. We go to church. Everything's going to be all right. You guys made it. <laughs> Mother, go to church. We're Lutheran. Got to serve the Lord first. After church, we're eating dinner. That's when you ate dinner early. Um, Lynette? Callie? What time did you come home last night? Now you're going to get you on double lie. <laughs> and I'm like, and she, I'll deal with you later. And she knew. The time, she watched us, I believe. Because the door never opened up. I never, we, the door never opened up. How does she know those things? She sees everything. And I said, what is that, mom? I can't tell you. Till you're old enough. Never found out. <laughs> then when I was a teenager and I would go out and hang out before she died, she said, don't drink the wine because it makes you giggle. How do you know I'm drinking wine? <laughs> We're just having a little booms farm. That's all it is. <laughs> Strawberry. Rock gut. Make you sick. But I guess I giggled a lot. She knew. God knows. When you're trying to sneak, but he knows what the enemy's trying to do to you. He knows when he's trying to come in the back door of your house, 
when he's trying to attack your kids, when he's trying to mess with your job. He knows that stuff, but you need to ask him. He sees everywhere. And the place of keeping watch, keeping watch, not just looking, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So can don't act like he's surprised. He knows these things. Just like your mom. You know, some of y'all have mothers. They already knew what was going to happen before it happened. Mamas know that. He can't escape it. I don't care how old you are. And, you know, his prayer wasn't, Lord, protect me. His prayer was, Lord, open my eyes and I may see. I need discernment. When you hear God and he speaks to you, you get what you call discernment. Discernment is this, an understanding, a quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. When you walk with discernment, you get to see what others don't see. You get to get and stare out something the obvious, and you can see beyond the obvious on what it really is. You're looking at something, everyone will say, that's that, and you're looking, and God will show you, no, it's not. There's something deeper underneath there. And what happens if we're walking in fear, we look at the obvious. Not the, un, uh, not the uh, uh, obscure, what God wants to show us. Because there is a present world and there's a spiritual world, guys. And every decision you make is a spiritual decision because it's going to manifest in the natural. It's discernment, to comprehend, to see what others don't see. To understand what others don't understand. That's what he gives us when we ask him. He says, this is what I see, Rich. Now, what are you going to do with that? And here's the choice I make. Either I'm going to go with what I see, or I'm going to go with what he says. I used to do this in action investigation. That's what I did, action investigation before I retired. And we'll come up on an accident. And everyone, like we're hearing today about that plane crash, everyone's reporting the obvious. But they don't know the stuff that's underneath there until they take some time to un- unpack it. Never look at the obvious. Look at what God wants to show you. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. And sight will make you fearful, make you angry, make you bitter. And you won't even know God is setting it up for his, his church to win the world back to the right place. You ever believe that? That's why everything is like, okay. And you're saying, God, Bring the Calvary. And he says, you're it. Blow the horn. Get to going. You think I said you're salt and light? Oh, that's something to pray about? What does that mean? Be salt and light. When they have fear, inject faith. Now, is everything going to go right with you? No. But it doesn't matter because God is in control of all of it. She says, discernment, you get to see. A couple scriptures I like on this. First Chronicles 12, 32, there's just a men of Ishakar. David had all these mighty men, left-handed guys, right-handed guys, can shoot bows, but they wouldn't do nothing unless the men of Ishakar said go. Reason why? Because they understood the times and they knew exactly what to do. Church, you got to understand the times so you'll know exactly what to do. It's very easy right now. God is calling us as parents to be frontline educators. 
Well, the school, the school, the school teaching them. Well, that's why he's saying for you to be the frontline educator. He's saying, I'm going to take it away from the schools. I'm going to take it away from the state, and I'm going to give it back to the parent. Isn't that cool? No one says, that's not cool. It's cool. Because here's something I learned growing up. Ed Cole says this. When we pray for victory, you know what God usually sends us? A strategy. Think about it. You're praying for something in your life for victory. He sends you a strategy to walk it out. A lot of us just want things to fall out in our laps. If you get it free, you know how we give our kids a free car? How are they treated? It's all right, parents. You're going to say, yeah, don't take care of it. Yeah, until they buy it themselves, right? Then they have a strategy on buying it. They're going to have a strategy to keep it clean. When you're praying, some of you are in the middle of the strategy stage. Whatever he tells you, start walking it out. That's what the strategy of Elisha. Pray. What a strategy. Pray. Pray and ask. And that's exactly what he did. Proverbs 2, 6 to 8 says this. For the Lord, what? Can't hear you. From his mouth comes what? From whose mouth? Wisdom comes from God. It doesn't come from anyone else. If you read the Proverbs, wisdom was there when they were forming the earth. Wisdom comes from God. He stores up sound wisdom for the who? Y'all got to believe you're upright. He's a shield to, oh, man, to those who walk with integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Sound like Captain America to me. Sorry. I just love the Bible when it says you got a shield, I'm a shield for you. You got to understand this. Second thing, God protects. God protects. And my response for God's protection is I trust him in everything. Look at the word trust. Assured reliance. Assured reliance on the character. How many God knows he has a fantastic character? He doesn't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. The ability. How many know God is able? How many know God is strong? How do you know he's the truth of someone or something? That is what trust is. Another good word for it is faith. You don't trust in your idol. You trust in God. You don't trust in your talent. You trust in God. You don't trust in other people's opinion. You trust in God. Unless their opinion comes from God, then you will listen that they know from God because they'll line up with his word. Don't trust in your job, for it might be gone tomorrow. Trust in God who gave you the job. Don't trust in your own health because he's the one that gives you breath to breathe. You got to put your trust in God, not in the things of God. People put their trust in relationships. It's not going to work. You got to put your one in the one in God who brings you the right relationship. You try to put in a relationship, it's going to fail. Especially with an ungodly man. Right? And here's a, here's a head start, young ladies. Adam had a job. In fact, 
we go deeper than that. Adam had his presence first. Then he got a job. Then he got her. So presence first. Don't know God, got to go. This is, this is not going to end well. You don't have, you're not consistently in his presence every day. There's someone his. Thank you, Lord. That's not it. Got a job that's steady. It's going to work. It's going to work. Not work to go get something. It's going to work. Maybe. Third thing, you come meet me. Then I'll pray about it, get the wisdom from God, and most of all, I'm going to probably boot him. Just kidding. Yeah. Sammy said, yeah. That's right, man. So our daughter's in here. Psalms 20, verse 7 says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord God. It's amazing because, again, those guys were trusting in their army. And what did Elijah have trust in? The name of the Lord God. I love, I love David and Goliath. I love that. In 1 Samuel, when uh, the big old guy, 9 foot 9, 9 foot 9, little ruddy David with a slingshot. He got a, he got a sword. He has a javelin. He has all these things. I'm going to beat you up, David. He said, you can. And David said, look, you come with me, all that stuff, a sword, a javelin, a spear. I guess all I have is the name of our Lord. Bam! Now you're going to say, David had a great shot. No. I love angels. When he released that rock, angels said, here, let me hit him. No, let me hit him. No, it's my turn. Bam! All you got to do is throw the rock. He wasn't trying to calculate how it was going to hit. He already had it down. I'm in the name of the Lord. I don't need a weapon. In my marriage, it's the name of the Lord. I don't need a weapon. I don't need a quick fix book. Got the Bible. Got the Holy Spirit. We talk about angels here. Angels are some bad guys. They ain't little babies running around like this. The Bible don't say like little baby angels doing all this. What is that? I love Psalms 34.7. He says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. 91.1 says, for he will command his angels concerning you. Who's a you? Are you a you? To guard you in all your what? Ways. You got angels hanging around you, waiting for you to dispatch them. I like angels. We ain't no baby on the, help me, help me. No. When Gabriel showed up, everybody knew we are in trouble got angels with you. See, that's what gives you assurance that you're not by yourself. You can trust in our economy. You can trust in whoever. But you know, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. And here's what God's doing. He's making us all go there. Everything we thought was secure. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Everything's starting to shake now, isn't it? You're like, I thought that was secure. No, that's not it. What he's doing, he's putting, making sure we turn out. You know, when you go through adversity, what do you do? You turn your whole full attention to the God Almighty. And you forget about that other stuff. And some of you are going through some rough patches. But you got to turn your whole attention to God Almighty. And you got to believe this. That I know I'm near him. And I know for sure that he is near me. That's why Elijah, he didn't even get up and go look. 
Yeah, Lord, help them see. That was my prayer this, last, this morning at 3 o'clock. Help you to see. See the possibilities in Abilene, Texas. See the educational things in Abilene, Texas. See the beauty of Abilene, Texas. See evangelism all over this place. See disciples being made all over this place. See everywhere you work is a mission field. See the goodness of God in anybody and everybody. And see the enjoyment of walking with the Lord. It's not hard to do because he, he got to do all the work. He got to lead us and guide us because we're like sheep. I wish he said we were like wolves or something, but we're sheep. Sheep don't do well without, get over there, okay. Now, he, don't, he kind of nudges us, you know. Now, when you're a child growing up, I got that more than I got this. But he just nudges us if we acknowledge him that we need him. Deuteronomy says this, 23 and 4. We had this in prayer today. He says, and you shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Some of y'all in the middle of a battle, I know. But he said this, which I've seen a lot of people doing. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic to be in dread of them. For the Lord your God, ooh, man, woo, goes with who? Come on now, goes with who? <laughs> no, why you don't believe it? If you believe it, you'd be like, yeah, he's with me, man. You're starting to think about it because of all the issues you're going through. That don't mean he's not with you. As the foster kid, was with me. That's why I'm still here. They send you that. Hey, then let me tell you your history. I have a history. God created it. It's fantastic. I wouldn't change anything. He was with me. I'm still here. To fight for you. Against your enemies. To give you the victory. Some of your enemies, your real enemies of your soul. Depression. Fear. Guilt. Shame. Those are real enemies of your soul that makes everything magnified. I have no job. I have no thing. I have no, and we concentrate on what we don't have. But when we have him with us, he's right with us, standing right next to us. When you went to Gogan, you had, the, like you said, the kidney stones. He was with you. You got to realize that whatever you're going through, whatever life you felt, this is all life has given me. Hey, you're not alone. He's with you. And whatever enemy of your soul is, let him take it. Don't hold on to it. Let him take it. We need to love God again, and we need to love life again. You know, as they went back here to Hunts, I remember when I retired from the Air Force. They said, man, this is going to be rough. Man, I was the happiest guy. Hurry up with the ceremony. I'm 40 years old. I still have time. You know what I mean? I mean, come on now. I ain't got to wear this uniform no more. Hallelujah. And I got guys who still getting out wearing. Why are you wearing that stuff? And they say, I want me a good job. And the uniform, they don't care how many awards you get. I was amateur of the month. So pack that box. I said, I'll pack it. I, love, I have no responsibility. And then the guy called me this. I'm like, man, but I love what I do. Because what else is there to do except bring the love and hope of Christ to people? 
and you don't have to worry about the Big Bang miracle. You tell them your story, they're going to say, what? They're going to say, how did that happen? God, they can take it or leave it. You can't say luck. It's God. Don't focus on that which is present today. Focus on the eternal reality that you're with God every single day. Even when you feel like you're not, he's there with you. Like YP here, y'all got an issue with YP. Because now he knows you can preach. So now you got to get him preaching at a young man. Brother got it good, man. Stole some of your jokes. I'm going to use them next week. Last scripture. We sung it. Romans 8.31. I love it. It's all questions. What shall we say to these things? Depression, oppression, guilt, shame, all those things. What should I say to those things? If God is for us, I would please tell me who's against me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who created the heavens and the earth? Who put the earth in the perfect form? Who did all those things and created man? Blew into our nostrils and we became man and woman. Who did all that? The one who did all that is walking with me. He is close with me as I am close with him. Yeah, I might some things, I can't see some things through the clouds, but I don't mind with him in the clouds. Don't panic. Your greatest days are ahead. Our greatest hour of the church is ahead. It's not a time to be faint. It's a time to be ready because God is setting up such a miracle thing for us when we come back and we start taking the souls to Jesus. And we start transforming communities and universities and homes and the base. All those things. They're going to say, where did that come from? Those folks who believe that God was close to them. God is so close to each and every one of you. Some of y'all think, I skipped and I missed it. He doesn't think that way. He put eternity in our hearts. It's always a new day. Why don't we all stand? If God be for us, who, what, where can be against us? Here's my two words. I want you to write these words down. Nothing and nobody. Nothing and nobody. Nothing and nobody. I say it every day. Nothing and nobody. I can hardly hear my, I can, nothing and nobody is going to stop me and stop God's love for me. Don't be afraid of God. And don't give up on God because he's not giving up on you. Don't look for the easy way out. Walk with him, man. He's got something fantastic for each and every one of you. That's why we're doing this series. God be for us. Who can be against us? Right? How long we've been doing this? <laughs> we're ready for a breakthrough. There we go. Should have shut this place down years ago. But God said, oh, no. Grace Point Church has a mission. Oh, no. We're going to complete that mission. We're going to get it done. If it takes those high school students to help us out, we're going to get it done. God has called us a piece of this rock to do something fantastic in people's lives and kids in our neighborhood. We're going to do something fantastic, man. I can't wait. 
and I get to live another 50 years of sin. Y'all gonna believe me. I believe it. All I need is a cane. I don't have the hair, so that's half my back. It won't weigh me down, will it? No. Let me pray. Holy Spirit says this. He said, my servant will act like an idiot. That's me. Just to see you exhibit again the eternal thing, the joy of the Lord. Because when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you can do amazing things. He's saying, don't look to the outside. Look to the inside. Look to that which is inside of you. The, they had angels on the external. This is the new covenant. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in each and every one of us, calling us up to do great things for God. And all he says is, I want you to live holy and show up. Live holy and show up. You can't live in the world and expect a blessing. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. I did all that for this. All you got to do is live holy and show up and stick out. And he's making it easy. Father, I just thank you for this morning, God. It's amazing.